The source of ideas for this podcast are really random. This week, what triggered it was a post by a previous client of mine. She interacted on a Facebook group and she was participating actually in a thread about the fear of LinkedIn. And so there were all these brilliant women talking about how they found LinkedIn scary and they didn't know why. And so <laughs> I had to like rein in my initial reflex to get involved and to explain that, you know, LinkedIn is actually not scary and that it's the best personal branding tool out there and that this is how they could get started and blah, blah, blah. I forget what his name is, but he calls this like the advice monster, right? It's an author who calls this the advice monster. And so reading that made me think about my own relationship to other platforms. So for instance, I've just booked an in-person speaking event. Now I've been doing a lot of speaking events, but I do them virtually and I really enjoy virtual speaking. I have it down pat to science. I know how to interact with my audience. You know, in the chat, it feels very interactive and <laughs> my introverted self is really happy because I'm home. And I can just, you know, be in my space and not have to chit chat afterwards. But I just booked an in-person speaking event. And so this is completely taking me out of my comfort zone. Or there's TikTok or YouTube, right? A few episodes back, I told you that a marketing coach that I had had told me to get on TikTok because it was getting such amazing organic engagement. <laughs> and I spent an evening on TikTok and I was like, I hell no, this is not for me. Same thing with YouTube. Like I went down a YouTube rabbit hole at some point and I was like, this is so great. This is what I should be doing. But I hate video. And so, yeah, I'm not doing TikTok. I'm not doing YouTube. And you know what? You want to go and see what half-ass visibility looks like? Go check out my Instagram feed. It is so bad. I just, I can't do it. And everybody's telling me, yeah, you have to do video for Instagram. It's not going to happen. So, as I looked at myself being really bad on other platforms that are not LinkedIn, that are not the podcast, that are not virtual events, I asked myself, what's going on? Is visibility possible regardless of the platform that you choose? And if so, how? Why are certain really easy for me and others are a great source of anxiety? Why are so many people tripping up about LinkedIn? And for me, it's my happy place, right? So that's what I want to explore with you today. And while I know how powerful LinkedIn is, and I will continue supporting you with the knowledge, with the tools on how to leverage it, I also want to open up the visibility playing field. And I really want to make it possible for you to find where you can step into it on your own terms, right? That's our sort of MO here. So opening up possibilities, that's my objective with today's episode and to sort of release the pressure that any of you might be feeling that you need to be on LinkedIn to get visible. You don't. Ultimately, the thing about visibility is that you have to give yourself permission and it starts from the inside out. So the most important piece of that last sentence is you have to start. You have to start. Yes, from the inside out, but you have to get started. In entrepreneurship circles, there's this expression that is dirty launching, which means you launch before you finessed your project, product, service offering to death, right? Like you have an idea, you think it'll work, you put together something and then you validate with the market if they're going to like it. You don't 
overthink it to death and then realize when you bring it to the market that nobody is interested. And this is for all of us, right? Entrepreneurs, people in corporate, just go out there and get started. And you know what? If thinking about LinkedIn is getting in your way, well then, let's open up this playing field. I believe there are two ways to look at your career. One is like it's a minefield, filled with devices put there by others, expectations, constraints, bias, pressure, glass ceilings, glass cliffs. Or the other is that it's a playing field and you can master the game with tools, mindset, support, communities, and a powerful stance that helps you own your story, take your place, and step into your power. While the former certainly is rooted in a lot of systemic realities, this podcast, it's about the latter. This podcast is about us, as women, doing our thing to make our career our very own playing field. Welcome to Speaking With Women. I'm your host, Vivishi Haile. I'm a serial entrepreneur and the mom of one, a third culture kid, a career and personal branding advisor, and I am pretty obsessed with helping women step into their professional power. So I invite you to join me and let's step into our power together. So as usual, let's set this conversation up. There are, say it with me, there are three things I want us to do together today. First, I want to hammer home why this conversation is important, right? Like about visibility beyond LinkedIn. I mentioned it a little bit in the intro, but I want to spend a little bit more time. Then I want to give you three questions to ask yourself when you think about choosing or creating a visibility platform. And finally, I want to curate a shopping list, a list of potential platforms, platforms that exist and platforms that you can create for yourself. Because although I haven't been talking about this a lot, it's actually possible and also a really good idea to think about creating your own platforms. Keith Ferrazzi has a book called Never Eat Alone. And that book and the work of Dory Clark, who's a branding expert that I've been following for years, both of them are what helped me think about and apply to myself this idea of creating your own platforms. Their focus was actually on networking, but I think you can take that idea and apply it elsewhere, which is what I did. And I'll give you some examples of how I did that. So let's talk about, you know, why is this important? Why is it important to increase your options in terms of visibility? Why should we care? And, you know, we could just decide to say, you know what, suck it up, learn how to be on LinkedIn. It's uncomfortable. It's scary. It's effective. We hate it, but let's do it, right? We could choose to do that. But let me tell you a story. You must have heard me talk recently about the unmistakable series that I'm recording for the podcast. It's a series that I'm recording during the month of October and November. And if you haven't heard of it, it means I really suck at marketing, <laughs> which makes you wonder why you're listening to me. I have an episode coming out about the unmistakable series in mid-November. You will get all the tea. It is just this amazing initiative. And I have an amazing team with me, which is something I'm really bad at creating a team. I know how to work with people, but I'm usually the bottleneck and here we have something beautiful going on and I'm so excited. But anyway, so in mid-November, I'll have an episode on that. But suffice it to say that the series is about me speaking to interviewing these spectacular women 
that I admire and that are having an impact in their lives or in other people's lives, they're doing truly impressive things. And let me tell you, when I reached out to these women, I cringed when I send them. Some of them are friends of mine because you know that I have this thing with collecting amazing women. But some of them are just in my circles at large and we're not friends. And I sent them DMs asking them to be on the series. And I was afraid. And all of them said yes. In fact, the last one said yes yesterday. And last week, I had the first interviews with some of these women. And one of them was this branding icon I've admired forever. She's the reason, actually, that I started thinking about personal branding and the way that I think about it. So I interviewed her. And at the end of the interview, I said to her, thank you so much for saying yes. I know how busy you are. And thank you for having said yes to me in this crazy project. And this is what she said. She said, I said yes to you because I know who you are. And I know who you are because you made yourself visible. I see you in my feed. I knew about you. Otherwise, your message probably would have gone to my communications team to vet you. Now, speaking to this woman was very high on my bucket list. Yet a few years ago, or maybe even last year, she didn't know who I was. But by showing up again and again with the same obsession for women's visibility, I made myself visible and this created opportunities for me, right? This opened doors for me. I opened doors for my damn self. And that is why this visibility conversation is so important to me. That is why it is so so, so important to me because a lot of the women who come to me will come at a moment when they are frustrated about something in their life and their options are limited. They'll come to me because they're in a work environment that they're unhappy in and they want to leave and they can't, or they want to make a change and they can't, but they're feeling a sense of urgency and they want something different, but they don't have options. Or they have an idea that's been brewing for a really long time and they want to put it out in the world, but they don't know how and they don't have a platform for it. They want to start a business or a side hustle. They want to be known for that thing that they're putting out in the world. They want to have an impact, but they don't know how. They want more time. They want more rest. They want more creative brain space and they don't have those choices. And so the common theme here is that these women, myself included, I never speak to you like you are not me and I am not you. We are living the same experiences. We want opportunities and opportunities to do things we don't hate, to do things that make us thrive and to have the impact in the world that we want to have, to put out important work in the world, to rest, I'm gonna say it again, to rest, to have that as an option. So being visible creates those opportunities. Being visible opens those doors and you don't have to wait for someone to create those opportunities for you. That's why I'm so obsessed with this because it isn't hard. It takes you out of your comfort zone. I'm not going to lie. My beating heart, like <laughs> I have been afraid more than once, but you know what? It works. I'm here speaking to you and I am doing these conversations with amazing women because I put myself out there. That's it. That's the only reason I get to do what I love. Okay, I'm going to get off that soapbox, but it was important to set that up. Now, here's the thing. 
I'm talking about visibility beyond LinkedIn because even though, like I said before, we all know LinkedIn is my jam. It's the place where I'll come to you with all my random musings and my too much information. It is also a platform that is deeply and inherently scary, right? Remember the episode I did on the LinkedIn boogeyman? So people will feel like I couldn't possibly say that. I'm not an expert. It's a professional platform. I like to stay humble. I don't like all those posts about people talking about themselves. My boss will think I want to leave, right? There's a lot of that going on. So when LinkedIn is presented as the platform of choice for professional visibility, then for a lot of women, this might feel like no choice at all. It might feel like the real option is to stay invisible. And this brings us back to square one, where we have a limited amount of women putting themselves out there to share their knowledge, their expertise, their opinions, and to have an impact. I recently changed my LinkedIn about section, just the intro part, and it says, my superpower is to see your superpower, even when you can't. It was such an easy change for me to do because it happened in a flash. I realized that I actually always see it. And I might have mentioned it to you. The amazingness. I have yet to find a woman that I haven't seen that special red thread that we can pull on to find that thing she should be putting out in the world. And I see it even women who annoy the daylights out of me. And I have names in my head right now that I'm thinking about when when I say that. I tested that idea. I thought about women who really annoyed me. For some reason, there wasn't a fit. There are not a lot of those in the world, but for everybody, I annoy people. They annoy me. Happens with everybody. But I thought about these women and I could still identify that thing that made them amazing. So if LinkedIn is getting in the way of you doing that, of identifying the red thread, pulling on it, and then finding that thing and putting it out in the world, then bye-bye LinkedIn, at least for this episode. I'll come back to it. But at least for this episode, let's look at visibility life beyond LinkedIn. Okay, before we move on to the sections about the three questions you should be asking yourself, let's do a review time. And this particular review is special to me because I know who it comes from. And she's not only a friend, but she is the very archetype, the person for whom this podcast and my work exists. She's a brilliant professional with a lot of experience who has yet to step fully into her power, but who is putting in the work to do that and who is putting in the work while respecting her needs and her rhythm. I know what she has to put out in the world and I'm here holding my breath for her to do it because the day it happens, it's going to rock a lot of spaces. So this is what she says. This is Anunit who writes on Apple Podcast Reviews. The title is Empowerment with Tangible Action Plan. Listening to BBG's podcast is soothing. First, she has a voice made for radio podcasting. Second, she has a smart way of getting you to relate to the subject. For some of the subjects she addresses, my first instinct is to say it has nothing to do with me, but a few minutes into her introduction, I realize on the contrary, it does directly or indirectly. So this is really funny to me because yesterday on <laughs> on Instagram, somebody said the same thing. She said, sometimes I am not ready for what this woman is saying, but then I think about it and I'm like, yeah, okay. So Anunit continues to say, indirectly means that it took me out of my little bubble 
and opens up my mind to other realities, ways of thinking, communicating, and so forth. She focuses on the prerequisites for success, foundation many coaches assume we already have, rendering their recommendations unapplicable, and then how to build on it. Thank you for your generosity, Bibiji. Thank you for your generosity, Anunit. I really appreciate this. It's important to me to know that you are out there and that it's a two-way street. I create this for you and you are listening and applying it in your life. And together we're making a movement of very visible women. So do me a favor, before you continue to our questions on visibility, press pause and go leave me a rating and a review on Apple Podcasts or a rating on Spotify, but I prefer the reviews on Apple. With gratitude. So what are these questions for visibility? Wait, wait, sorry. I didn't define what I mean by a visibility platform. And I know it's pretty straightforward and you can infer it from our chat until now, but I really want to make sure we're on the same page. This is my definition of a visibility platform. It is a space online or otherwise, an interaction or a relationship that allows you to be seen and recognized for that thing you are choosing to put out in the world. I'm going to say that again. I define a visibility platform as a space, online or otherwise, interaction or relationship that allows you to be seen and recognized for that thing you are choosing to put out in the world. So let's say your superpower is organizing people and things. This is a fantasy of mine. I don't have that superpower and I'm always looking for people who do. So if you are, you know, holler at me because that's the people I need in my life. So your superpower is organizing people and things, and you can do it in your sleep. Your visibility can go from your weekly stand-up meeting, where you use that superpower to keep everyone in check. It can go to a monthly lunch and learn where all the execs end up actually coming because you're serving up so much useful information. And it can go all the way to a world stage where you present in a conference your methodology for managing super effective teams. See? So I add interactions and relationships to this definition because it is the relationships that you develop and the interactions that you have that will carry your name from room to room and make you visible even when you are not there in that room. So here are the three questions to ask yourself so that you can get a sense of where you will enjoy being visible and what will work for you. Now, the questions are going to seem super simple to you, but let me tell you, I ignored the reality of the first two questions for a really long time. And this made me do work and choose visibility in ways that I really didn't enjoy and that weren't sustainable. So it's very important that you ask yourself these questions and that you revisit them and be extremely flexible with them. There are questions that evolve. They will never be fixed and listen to me very, very carefully here. They are not a test for the perfectionists among you and the procrastinators. I see you. They are not meant for you to get right and be immobile until you get them right. They are meant for you to get started and get started looking at things with your own glasses, not with external glasses, okay? Question number one, how do you enjoy communicating? This is a big one. If you hate writing and you follow me because you like the way I make myself visible, then you might think that visibility is not a space for you because I like to write and I do a lot of that. 
That's what I do on LinkedIn. I don't put videos on LinkedIn. I write. So ask yourself, how do you enjoy communicating? And it's a multifaceted question. Here are some sub-questions. Do you enjoy writing, speaking, video? Do you prefer short snippets? Or do you like to go into a lot of research and deep dive? Do you enjoy one-on-one conversations or one-to-many? Do you enjoy doing things live or do you need time? Because it's really important in an organizational setting. Because if you need time, you're not going to be the person who's raising their hand in the meeting and just blurting out any ideas that you have, right? Do you need to be prepared to speak or can you wing it? If you speak in more than one language, and this is a reality for us here in Quebec, I know in a lot of other spaces, but in Quebec it's very particular because there are official languages. So which language do you prefer or feel more natural communicating in? I speak in English on this podcast, but my first language is French. And I cannot speak to my child in any other language but French. It is bizarre. My like effective love language is in French. I love all of you also, but my business language is English. So spend some time thinking about this. But the way to do this is not to only think about it. I want you to also observe yourself because sometimes there are ways of being that we find better than others without even knowing it. And so we skew towards that and think that that's what we like, but it's only our mind tricking us into being in a space because we think it's the sexy, cool place to be in. So observe yourself in meetings, in one-on-one conversations, in spaces where you feel safe, so with your family, with your friends, or wherever you feel safe, observe yourself so you can understand what comes natural to you in the way that you communicate. Second question, what gives you energy and what takes away energies? Now, you will note that these questions are questions you can ask for anything. I am pretty sure I asked them when we were doing the awareness part in my personal branding series. You can apply them to anything. They're about self-awareness. That's what we're trying to identify here. And so this question of energy is actually a sanity check on the first question because it'll help avoid your brain from tricking you into something that you will hate. When I did the first interview on the Unmistakable series, I was buzzing, like literally buzzing with energy. That interaction, the one-on-one interaction where I get to explore a woman's brilliance That's my happy place. I could do it all day. Asking questions and listening to these women, that feeds me. It gives me energy. That's also how I realized how much I loved and how good I was at moderating and facilitating. I would just forget time and be in a complete state of flow. But also, I never doubted my abilities. I just knew what to do when I was in those spaces. And so that gave me an idea of where and how I wanted to show up and what was feeding me and what was taking away energy from me. And let me give you examples of things that take away energy from me. Project status meetings. I already told you I'm not someone who's very structured and organized, although I am like, you know, I'm scripting this podcast in an organized way, but there are places where my organization just doesn't work. It fries my brain and project status meeting do that to me. So I remember one particular consulting engagement that I had. We were a pretty large project team and the project team included client team members. And we would have these status meetings where people would go into excruciating details on what needed to get done. I'm talking sharing a document so we can agree on the sentences that needed to be used in a communication. And you have no idea how intense that was for me. Like it brought me to tears. I was like, I don't, I don't 
care. Just, you know, the person who's good at this, take it and I'll sign off on it. It's, it's fine. I don't need to be having this conversation, but there are people for whom this is important. And those are the people who need to be in that space because it gives them energy to understand how we've crossed the T's and dotted the dots, whatever that expression is. But I could see some of the people in that team meeting engage physically like they were there a hundred percent. And I was just like, oh, I just kill me. Right. So I want you to think about these examples and transfer them to the way that you communicate. Ask yourself, what makes you feel like I do when I'm interviewing women, when I'm hosting a panel, when I'm facilitating a conversation? And what makes you feel like I do when I have to discuss the details of a project plan? Okay. Third question, what will actually get you started? This is probably the most important question here, because let's say you answered question one, that you love off the cuff things and you thrive with conversations and you prefer one-on-ones. And then, you know, some little voice in your head wakes up and says, hey, let's do lives on LinkedIn. (laughs) And then, you know, your brain slaps you on the back of the head and says, are you out of your mind? LinkedIn, you're going to go live on LinkedIn. Do you have a death wish? What are people going to say? What if you have a technical glitch, like live for the world to see? If I'm adding to the litany of your internal voice (laughs) and the drama in your head, I'm really sorry. I apologize. But you get the gist. Like what I'm trying to say here is if you go from insight to an idea that will shut you down, then we're back to square one. So I want you to ask yourself the question, what is going to get me started? It's critical. Is it a collaboration that will get started so you're not alone and you're working with someone you trust? Is it internally in your department so you can test things out? Is it with an accountability partner? Is it with anonymously blogging so that you can get comfortable with your voice and then put it out there, right? Ask yourself, what will get me started? And again, remember, this is an iterative process. Nothing is a failure. You only fail if you don't try. And I know that sounds trite, but I am really learning how useful failure is. Trust me. So let's get to our visibility menu. I want to talk about existing platforms, but I'm going to skim over this. You can download the cheat sheets in the show notes. So again, thebovoggroup.com forward slash 34 dash two because 34th episode and dash two, because for some reason my system just puts dash two on everything. So I'm going to talk about existing platforms, but what I really want to talk about is creating your own platform. Okay. So existing platform, let's start by the easy ones. Of course, the social media platforms. I know that we have a mix of listeners here, entrepreneurs and women who are working in corporate. Keep in mind that you will not have the same uses for these platforms, but that you can definitely get started on them regardless of what space you're playing with. We're practicing, we're doing things so that we learn how to do them. And if you start on Facebook, you can end up, you know, having a space in your organization because you made yourself really comfortable on Facebook. So it doesn't matter entrepreneur or in corporate, but just think about the different use cases that you could have for these spaces. So you have the video-based ones like YouTube, TikTok, Instagram, Instagram more and more before it was more static. Now it's very video-based. A note on YouTube for the entrepreneurs, remember that after Google, it's really one of the most used search engine. So there is a strategic aspect to being on YouTube, like it'll live on for quite a long time. 
Then you have the writing-based ones like Twitter or LinkedIn, although LinkedIn is also a mixed bag. It has video and other ways of showing up on it. Twitter is interesting because it's a platform on which a lot of thought leaders hang out, a lot of journalists. It's one where you might feel triggered because the conversations can get pretty confrontational. I don't enjoy Twitter. I find it complicated to understand. But for people who communicate in that way in very short snippets, Twitter can be fun. So go check it out and see if it might work for you. I have seen people, and this is particularly true for entrepreneurs, and I have to tell you the truth, I'm thinking of going back, but I've seen people using Facebook really successfully. And one thing I like about it, there are a lot of things I don't like about Facebook, but one thing I like about it is because so many people have Facebook, it doesn't feel as scary and risky as LinkedIn. So it's a good place to try stuff out. And actually, I'm interviewing for the Unmistakable series, an entrepreneur called Damali Shepard. I follow her on Facebook. And seriously, I would just write a book from what she puts out there. Same thing with Kishana Palmer, who was on the podcast two or three episodes ago. So Facebook can be really good to try your stuff out. If you're someone who likes audio, there was Clubhouse. I haven't been on it for a while. I know people are still using it, but Twitter, LinkedIn, or have created audio options. So that is something that you can look at. For those of you who like to write, blogging is an amazing option. And here's the thing, blogs are still a thing. And here's why they're important. One, they will live on year after year, even after you are not doing it anymore, your posts might still end up in searches that people are doing. And it's an amazing way to build a brand. You can start anonymously. So if you need that to feel safe, you can do that. You can guest blog on other people's blogs. You can use LinkedIn's blog feature. You have articles that you can put on LinkedIn. You can use existing platforms like Medium or Substack. You can avoid the censoring that happens on some of the platforms by going on places like Medium. So on LinkedIn, I had a conversation. If you go check out, although I don't know when you're listening to this episode, but Right now, we're October 27th, 2023, 2022, sorry. <laughs> if you go check out, I had a conversation on LinkedIn in my comments section with Kelly Brown Johnson. And among other really cool things, she's an advisor to companies on how to create completely inclusive workplaces. And she was telling me how she moved her content to Medium because she wanted to avoid the type of censoring that goes on sometimes on LinkedIn. And benefit to this is she's actually getting paid for her content, which is super valuable. Okay. You can create a podcast. Now, don't tune me out. I am putting this in existing platform, but it's a bit hybrid because you create the content, but the medium already exists. And I have a gift for you, but it's really a gift for one of my clients who wanted to start a podcast. And I had promised her a cheat sheet, but because I'm the worst and I'm so flaky with follow-ups, I never did give her that cheat sheet and it stayed with me. And so one of the downloads for this episode is a cheat sheet on how to get started easily on your podcast. And you can go and get it from the show notes again at thebovagroup.com forward slash 34-2. So it's for my clients. If she's listening, this is for you. You know who you are. But for the rest of you also, I hope this can benefit you. Here's what's cool about a podcast. I am so, so passionate about this medium. One, you can structure it any way you want. It can be conversations through interviews. It can be solo episodes. It can be long. It can be 10 minute snippets. It can be weekly, daily. It can be in seasons. So you just batch 
10 episodes and that's season one, take a break, come back, do season two, whatever the medium, whatever you want to do, you can do with a podcast. It's magic. And people learn from it. Like podcasts have become my university. Really. That's all I do. I have one on constantly. I realized that I could do this all day and we need to wrap it up because I'm close to the 30 minute mark. And I try to maintain around that mark for my solo episodes. Let me give you some other examples about creating your platform. Okay, let's talk about that. This would fall in the category of spaces and interactions. So some examples. Samantha Bateman that you can find in episode... It's one of the earlier episodes. I can't remember which one, but she did the what, how and why of recruitment. an amazing episode. And she does this creating platforms in two ways. One, she hosts a talent talk on LinkedIn. She actually invited me recently and it was so much fun. And it's a live and she does interviews of people she finds interesting and the conversations are great. And then it creates an audience of people who follow her to listen to these, but it also helps the people that she speaks to by giving them also more visibility. The LinkedIn Live that I did with her, I got a wonderful client from that, right? So there really is a way to do super cool things with the LinkedIn Live function, if that is your jam. But we're moving away from LinkedIn. I know, I know, sorry, I just, I can't help myself. Another thing Sam does is she invites people to connect with her. So she opens her calendar and she invites with people to connect with her at specific times. And she does that to do mentoring on subjects that she's brilliant at. But it's also her way of giving back. So that's another way of being visible, right? April Palmer, most listened to episodes on Speaking with Women. It's called Creating the Queen of Hype. And she's doing the same thing, opening up her calendar and doing regular lives. So another option is hosting events. And this doesn't have to be complicated events. When I started out with Regis and Beauvoir, which was the community name that I chose, and I still have that name and the domain name, I just, I love it. So it's coming back, by the way. When I started out, I was hosting dinners for 10 to 12 women in leadership spaces. And that is part of what got me started, actually. I would send emails to random women I didn't know, some women I did, but I wanted to host and invite and they would come to these dinners and it was awesome. I loved it. And I know they loved it. And then the pandemic hit. So they will be coming back very soon. Same thing with speaking with women. That's how it started. I started with what I called a virtual tour at the beginning of the pandemic in 2020. I sent out emails to women on LinkedIn asking if they would come on to Zoom and interview with me and answer three questions about confidence in the workplace. I didn't think I would make it into a podcast. It ended up being one. And I spoke to women all over the world. Another thing, lunch and learns. When I was managing the Facebook group Regis and Beauvoir in French, it's a group I had created a long time ago. It still lives on. The name has changed. But when I was managing it, I would host lunch and learns on a specific subject and I would bring in guests. And one of those guests, a few years later, made a connection for me to someone who was looking for a consultant. And that person became a repeat client to this day. And we have a lovely relationship. So you never know how the interactions and relationships you develop through the platforms you create are going to impact your life and people's lives. And another thing that happens with creating these spaces is you create relationships between people. It's not only with you and them, it's between themselves. All of these groups that I created. These women now know each other and I see them interact on LinkedIn. So you're also building platforms for others. Speaking of Facebook, you could open a Facebook group around a subject that you're passionate about and help people accomplish something that you already know how to do. 
And I can list, and I'm going to list a bunch of things, women that I know and who follow me and who are probably listening to this podcast do brilliantly and could do to help others by having an online community. And again, I talk about Facebook, but you know, there are other options, right? It could be a Zoom call that you host once a month. So styling for their specific bodies in a budget-friendly way. There are two friends of mine that are helping me with this right now, and they are unbelievably gifted teaching children something specific, a language or mindfulness, for example. I hope the two people I am talking about in this example are listening because both of you are so brilliant at what you do. Sharing HR practices for very niche industries, having a safe space for immigrants who are trying to get into a new career to explore, discuss and get support, hosting discussion groups for DEI practitioners so they can have a safe space. DEI is rough out there. Hosting strength-based conversations to identify what you should be exploring to work within your strength. Hosting conversations around digital wellness practices for organizations or for individuals and giving tips and examples of what that might look like. So all of those are real live examples of conversations and spaces that you can start around your expertise using a medium like Facebook, like Zoom, as simple as Zoom. Right. And the thing with Zoom is if you're organizing it, you're not live. You are curating the people who come around the table. Okay, I'm going to stop here. I know I've said that already like three times. But before I go, I want to give you a word of warning. These are the things that might get in your way of creating your own platforms. Here are the things you might tell yourself. And I know this list is not complete, but I'm starting it. And I want you to also think about the stories you're telling yourself to stop yourself from going out there. I don't have time. If that's your case, go back to question three about what will actually get you started. What if no one shows up? Go back to question one and two. What do you love and what gives you energy? Because people will always show up when you're in your zone. And I want to talk about this idea of what if no one shows up? Because I made that mistake. I created communities where people didn't participate and I took that as meaning that I wasn't creating something of value. And I didn't continue to provide something of value for the few people who were participating. And that is a mistake. And I really want you to think about who you're speaking to. And if it's one person who shows up, well, do it for that one person who shows up. Because it means you're taking one more step, putting that important thing for yourself out in the world and you're helping someone. Another question or another constraint that might come up in your mind, who am I to do blah, blah, blah. And this one, we're going to have an entire episode about this particular question and way of looking at the world. But I want to give you a hug and tell you that you're the right person to trust me. You are, especially if it gives you energy. Another question, what will people say if I organize it and it fails? The only reason something will fail, the only reason is because you tried it. If you didn't try, it will not fail, but you will not have lived the experience. Okay, I have homework for you. I do. Ask yourself questions one to three, and then I want you to pick a platform and email me telling me which it is. I will do a follow-up episode with all your answers. And if only one person answers me, I will take the time on the next episode of Speaking With Women to talk about the answers that I got of that one person. I commit to this. Stay with me another three minutes. I have something to tell you. I have your back in this process. In fact, I have your back so much that I'm reorienting the podcast and my practice a little bit. I'm shifting the focus away from personal branding 
and moving it more and more towards a holistic approach to unapologetic visibility. I want to give you the knowledge, the mindset, the tools for unapologetic visibility. And what does that mean? I want this space to be a one-stop shop for all things visibility. I want to talk about the constraints, imposter syndrome, burnout, lack of boundaries. I want to bring on guests to talk to you about these things. I want to provide the practical know-how, how to craft a talk, how to be effective at communications, how to show up confidently in different spaces, how not to allow yourself to be gaslighted, how to prepare to be on a board, how to build a podcast, how to send inbound emails on LinkedIn that are not sleazy. I want to talk to you about mindset, the permission slips that you need to give yourself, the attitude to have, the belonging that you need to give yourself in certain spaces. I'm not going to change the branding of the podcast, nothing. Things stay the same, but it's basically me stepping into what I've already been doing. It's never been only about personal branding. It's been about visibility and a personal brand is part of the visibility toolkit. I want you to use this podcast and my work to become radically, unapologetically visible and to open yourself up to the world of possibilities that is going to come with that. And to quote a lovely client of mine, Avanti. Avanti.